0: You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class.
1: Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring.
0: Rob Brown here with the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network with our five shows going out every week. We are doing a special series just for this time of the year as we emerge from the pandemic and look towards 2023. I'm Phil Tow with me today, one of the leading influencers on the planet in the accounting and fintech world. It is the legend that is Randy Johnson. Good day, sir. Rob, it's such a pleasure to
1: speak with you today and with all your listeners.
0: Randy, you've been in this game a long time. I I don't mind saying that you're probably the wrong side of 30 or 40. I'm not going to hazard a guess, but you've seen trends come and go. You've reviewed years many times and sometimes it's same old, same old. Sometimes we do have some real change. But uh, let's just start off by asking you for the benefit of listeners, watchers that haven't come across you, tell us a little bit about your world.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I've been around the practice of accounting for 50 plus years at this point, Rob. So uh, both public practice and industry accounts. And my main bent through all those years is how do we apply technology effectively to the practice of accounting? So with that being the case, Notice that uh, there's been so many changes in accounting through the years that, you know, it's been a an ongoing opportunity, as it turns out.
0: And they say that the accounting profession is not up for change, and it's changed very little over the years, and the change is glacial. In its format, but as perhaps as we review 2022 and look at 2023, you might argue differently.
1: I probably would, because let's face it, uh, accountants were some of the earliest adopters of technology in the, you know, 30, 40 years ago in particular, the 70s and 80s. And they actually have always been somewhat leading edge in their adoption here in the U.S. for sure but they want to know that there's an ROI they want to know that the what they invest is going to come back now by the same token do they change their methodologies very much not that much you know the the needs of compliance in tax and audit have remained much the same and for many of the accountants they've used consulting business advisory if you would but really consulting in a reactive mode and maybe one thing that is changing now is the client accounting services and advisory that is proactive
0: well to sum up for us randy 2022 for the accounting world well
1: uh tumultuous busy, some business challenges that maybe hadn't been around before or maybe were aggravated more than any other time. Uh, Not really surprising because we knew the day was coming when there would not be enough staff uh, and we've gone through this a couple of times, but not nothing quite like this, where retirements that maybe should have happened pre-pandemic have happened, and therefore uh, labor shortages are very real. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, another piece that's happened, uh, I think, globally is compliance and supporting clients during the pandemic was very tiring and in fact the last 3 years in particular people are just Phew. here in the US market for example in uh, the October 15th personal tax extension deadline most of the practitioners i talked to said it was the worst extension deadline they could ever remember in the history of their careers well you don't come out of a you know a heavy lifting exhaustion period like that and you know have a uh, kind of an upbeat view of what's going to happen. But with regulatory changes, and there are quite a number of law changes, uh, I think both in the UK and in the US that have to be followed, that you know, there's still going to be plenty of compliance work uh, coming on. And firms that specialize in that are going to You know, have more than they can say grace over. So,
0: would you say as we emerge from the pandemic that the accounting profession is in good shape?
1: (laughs) If financially, it's in superb shape. (laughs) Most of the firms have told me they've made more profit than almost any other year on record. So certainly that's good. Now, again, the the level of energy in some of the firms, it's it's kind of low simply because they, they've probably been working more hours than they should, honestly, to provide the services. But they were committed to holding clients up. And that was really the, the thing that's triggered a lot of that. Uh, further, one thing that is on the negative side of that There have been technology advances over the last three or four years, and firms have not kept up with the changes. So in effect, many firms are now three or four years in arrears on their technology debt. So they need to pay a little of that, and they're not really making as many changes as they should. One big area that is advancing is client collaboration portals, if we want to use the old word there, because the need to do the exchange with uh, clients that are not so frequently in the office or team members not so frequently in the office, they've had to figure out how to uh, cover up that uh, stumbling block. You talk
0: about client collaboration, Randy, has there been much vendor collaboration with the, the software and fintech people that serve the accounting profession?
1: You know there have been advancements there but frankly, not as much interaction with the publishers to the CPA firms as I've traditionally seen. And part of that was restricted travel during the pandemic period. And when it, uh, when it hit here this year of twenty two, there was almost revenge travel. We saw a lot of attendance at conferences where people had not been out for a while. It was more of like good to see you as opposed to a meaningful what's new, what should we be doing type of thing. So it was more of a a celebration of getting out and around. But the the vendors, frankly, have not provided us very many innovative and insightful solutions. And that's a little disturbing to me, Rob, because there, sh- there was a lot of technology worked on, but the positioning and the testing and so forth maybe wasn't as refined as it has been in prior years.
0: And is there an appetite for vendors that sometimes get a little bit ahead of accountants? You talk about the technology gap and the, the bit of our head. Do they involve CPAs in their R&D and here's what we're thinking of doing, or would there be an appetite for this if we brought it out? What do you see there? You talk to a-
1: vendors a lot. I do. And uh, I would say they have become uh, that many of the publishers listen to their clients less than ever before. Now, there is a a lot of collaborative design methodologies out there, and uh, the listening that is being done is so structured that they actually are not discovering the real needs, I believe. And uh, also, the targets of who we're listening to are kind of the same-o, same <laughs> So one of the things, Rob, you and I have talked about in the past is, you know, the, the blinders are almost on the profession because there's a few thought leaders that might be driving the train, if you will. And frankly, I'm not sure if they're not driving the train on a siding instead of on the mainline.
0: So overall, we look back at not just 2022, Randy, but the last few years since the pandemic, obviously unprecedented times. What lessons have we learned about what's worked and what hasn't?
1: First, a, a proper reversal or a proper movement now into supporting the team members, the employees in the firm, are the key levers that enable the firms to deliver client services. And historically, there's been so much push towards the actual service deliverable and the client, the team members sometimes got left behind. So what's worked is the new focus on helping people who work for the firm, having a better career, a better career path, a better life. Uh, So that focus is actually a big deal. And I think we'll see even more of that focus in the coming year. So that's that's clearly one. Trying to make the work easier. And I do not like words like effective and efficient uh, because they're misused so much of the time. But I do believe that you know trying to ease the workload the workflows being set up more properly uh not doing work that you know doesn't is not productive a lot of those types of things are being eliminated in the firms in the name of efficiency and effectiveness and
0: if you were a university professor grading the accounting profession for, for their semester's work what would you give them
1: well it's even funnier because i have been a university professor and a head of a department, so it's even funnier. And I, you know, I also was quite aware of grade inflation. All right, so I, I don't want to be a grade inflator along the way. But the accounting profession in general, you know, when you, when you grade as an instructor, sometimes you grade on the how hard somebody worked and sometimes you grade on the quality of the work and the best grade is a blend of a lot of different factors
0: we have that in the uk too we we grade on effort and we grade on attainment and they're not always the same are they
1: they are not always the same, and in this particular case, this this blend of uh, issues probably would lead me to grade the firms a little bit higher. But most firms are doing kind of B grade work at best right now, and the reason it's it's B grade is they've worked their buns off; they've really worked hard. But the fact of the matter is. That they are so tired, I'm not sure they're hitting the right target with their clients. They're not always listening. They've had a particular service deliverables and they've just got to get through it for another day. Um, So that part is is probably not as good as many think they are. So, uh, you know, a a piece that I actually uh, read before our conversation today talked about if we were really honest with our employees, most employees think that they're doing better than they are. And we need to be honest with the level of deliverable that they're providing. Uh, you know, maybe it's the every kid wins a ribbon mentality kind of coming up. I don't know. But the quality of the work across many professionals has declined. And that's also a concern because I think everybody believes that they're doing better than they are. And now I don't want to come across to your listeners as negative on that. I'm not. I I love the accountants. I love what accountants do for their clients. But there's just a lot of, well, I think as the British would say, niggles. I'm not much one to say, but there's just a lot of things that aren't quite right in the work. And that's probably because we're trying to do too much with too little resources. And to your point on
0: fatigue, Randy, when you are under the cosh, as we say, you're head down, you're tactical, you're fighting fires, you're hitting deadlines, you're not head up strategic thinking innovatively creatively and looking ahead are you you're
1: not in fact this whole reactive thing is far worse now than it would have been let's say in 2018 i get it from the pandemic because you, you had to react in that window but the uh the fatigue factor i think is setting in where people are not being proactive right now with their firms and that is an opportunity For those who are, you know, one of the books, you know, I'm a pretty voracious reader, but one of the books I'm reading right now is why we sleep. And the science behind the sleep and the need for sleep is very fascinating. And frankly, we are working way too many hours in way too many jurisdictions. I know it's happening in the U.S. and it happens in lots of countries. And, you know, you cannot work unending hours and be effective at it. Let's look ahead to 2023. It's a backdrop of
0: economic unrest, certainly global unrest. The war in Ukraine is still going on. We can't ignore that. Political unrest. Trust is at all time low in many sectors. So tumultuous was a great word that you used. What are going to be some of the main challenges that individual accountants and firms that hire them will face in the coming year? Yes.
1: And here, I don't want to sound like a global economist, because I'm certainly not that, but there are clear uh, inflationary and recessionary pressures. And that's going to affect our own businesses and our clients' businesses. And you've seen some of that uh, in the statistics of layoffs. Uh, You know, about 100,000 have been laid off in the tech sector alone in 2022. I think we're going to see more Uh, Layoffs as people are trying to accommodate that, and you're absolutely right. You know the uh, the the war in Ukraine, uh, which again I consider so doggone unnecessary, has caused uh, you know prices of energy and food to rise unnecessarily. So what's going to happen here? I believe is there's going to have to be management. And I'm going to use the word belt tightening because the fact of the matter is, if you're trying to maintain profitability and you don't have more resources, well, you're going to have to wind up cutting some things. So I think we're going to wind up with a cutting going on in our businesses. Now, much of this is confidence, by the way, because it is clear there's more jobs available in the U.S. market, for example, than there are workers to fulfill them. And so, you know, the problem here is not uh, not so much that everything's turning down. We are not seeing a recession across the entire sector, but we are seeing it in various forms. So to try to get to the key point you ask, for accountants, I think we're going to be faced with labor shortages in our own firms. I think we're going to have demands from clients who have... Uh, or will be facing situations they've not seen in a number of years. Uh, they may not proactively ask for help quick enough. So you may actually be dealing with firms that maybe got in trouble before they reached out to their accountant. I believe that's going to be in, in place. There's going to continue to be supply chain problems from a almost all-product perspective, but certainly in technology. Uh, we can't get the replacements done that we need right now, so that'll be a challenge. Uh, then, one that's really disturbing is uh, where private equity and venture capital have owned businesses. They they have been mandating layoffs. And one of my least favorite phrases recently was, "The owners are managing from a spreadsheet. They've told us we have to cut thirteen percent because that's what the spreadsheet says. So we're cutting people." And this this idea of Cutting people means we're going to get cut services. So I'm going to forecast in 23 that the level of support that we receive from almost every one of our suppliers is actually going to decline because the people that provide the services have been eliminated. Randy, it seems odd in Congress that we're talking about labor shortages and layoffs in the same sentence. Yes, it's very odd. Uh, You know, uh, using the number that's the U.S. number, about 100,000 technology jobs have been laid off. Almost 100% of those have been absorbed in other companies where they had job openings. So, you know, it's not like you're getting uh, rises in unemployment. Unemployment numbers just continue to drop. And the problem is there's just not enough labor to do the available work across the U.S. market. Let's
0: turn our mind to opportunities. All accounting firms that I've spoken to have said they've grown. You alluded to that, that they're doing well. It almost seems like the recession-proof and pandemic-proof. But growth requires increases in capacity and in headcount, but there are opportunities there. What do you feel are some of the biggest opportunities for accountants in the coming year? There
1: are huge opportunities coming and growth is also almost universal right now. So that's kind of a contrarian statement. So where are the biggest opportunities? In my mind, the biggest one is in advisory, pure advisory work. The clients are going to need the help. It's more profitable. It requires less labor in general. Uh, So you get a lot more leverage with the people that you have. And what we have seen in 22, I think this will continue in 23, is the Tendency towards outsourcing has really become a big deal because across the US market, and I think it's true pretty much globally, the shortage of people is so real. It's like we've got to get it somewhere. So when you were talking about capacity, uh, uh, Rob, I actually have a capacity planning worksheet that I use with CPA firms so we can look at the prior year and forecast what we need in the coming year. And every firm that I run that model with is lacking capacity. So, you know, in the uh, airline industry, when on takeoff, they often say, you know, the jet engines run at 110% and then they cut them back. Well, you know, there is uh, only a limited amount of time you can run at 110%. But in terms of other opportunities, I think you can advise with, um, you know, the cost controls of uh, inventories. I think you can uh, advise on, cash flows. I think you can advise on people resources. Uh, The right firms, I believe, can advise on automation because there's so much opportunity of automation reducing uh, costs. Um, I believe that you can go to almost every sector and there's an opportunity. So it doesn't matter whether it's Uh, manufacturing, distribution, healthcare, not-for-profit, professional services, every one of the client vertical industries also has some opportunities. So, you know, my rule of thumb is whenever things get tough, there's more opportunity for proactive advisory. And whenever things get good, there's more opportunity for proactive advisory. So whether things are going up or things are going down, that's when you have the most opportunity. When things are kind of steady state, not so much opportunity.
0: That's very wise. What do you feel will separate the good accounting firms from the great ones as we come
1: into a new era, Randy? I believe there's three or four factors in this area, Rob. Uh, Clearly, the way they treat their team members is going to be a very high, almost paramount. And, you know, that's a very different tone that I've used personally over the last 10 or 20 years, where I always had a client facing bent first. Uh, Great client service, lots of firms have talked about for years, but I don't think you can provide great client service without great team member attitude and treatment. So what will separate good and great is how you're treating your internal team. Now, once you've got your team kind of together, you can look at the services that you deliver, what their capacity and capabilities are. And then the second part of this will be how you interact with those clients. Now, that might mean you use collaborative tools. uh, But. It will be much more of meeting the client expectations because I've been watching it for how oh, five to seven years minimum, that client expectations are going up all the time. They're expecting more and more and more, and in many cases for the same fee or less. And that that doesn't play out so well. You know, the basic law of business prohibits paying a little and getting a lot. And uh, that's still got to be learned by some uh, organizations. But from a firm greatness perspective, doing great client service in a collaborative fashion, I think is a second key. And then a third key is really having a client first mentality. You know, if you're focusing around what's best for the firm first, that's a problem. But if you put your team first and they're delivering the client, and you're really more worried about the team and client. And then the consequence of the firm, I think, will fall out appropriately. And you
0: deal a lot with strategic tech advice to accounting firms. That is a problem, Randy. they look at a piece of tech or a gap they've got? And think, how can it benefit the firm and not really, how can this benefit the client?
1: Yeah. In fact, this whole idea of efficiency and effectiveness, it's part of the things that I consider a downfall of tech. You know, all tech can be used for good or bad. But my uh, every year I seem to learn a phrase and my favorite phrase of 2022 was a partner So I won't say who this was, but this is not my phrase. They said, look, we've got these splinters we get in our fingers. And instead of taking the splinter out, we put a Band-Aid on it. What happens here is we have five splinters with five Band-Aids on them. And what they were referring to was five different portals they were using for their firm instead of a single portal. Well, so many firms over the last three years in particular have kind of band-aided things. They just put a, a patch on it trying to get by. And uh, we we can't do that. We're going to have to really clean up some of this uh, technology that has not been used well. And frankly, the 80-20 rule applies here too. You know, With the principle, a lot of people get to 80% and they're happy. No, no, no. You've got a lot of capabilities in your platforms that you probably have not trained your team on, and you probably have way too many tools. So one of my friendly pieces of tech advice right now is use less tools rather than more and use them
0: well. That seems good advice. If we assume that the accounting profession is almost bulletproof, there will be some casualties, surely. I'm thinking of the firms that are perhaps a bit too complacent to change. They feel they shouldn't have to Are a bit uh, ignorant of it. They don't see the change that's required. What will happen to those firms that don't adapt, Randy, to the new world?
1: Yeah. And, you know, you are right. Because of compliance, a lot of the firms feel pretty bulletproof. And, you know, uh, a lot of partners and uh, uh, professional accountants go along pretty happy and pretty complacent because they've got maybe all the work that they want to say grace over coming in. The partners are happy they're getting their payout. Yeah, so everything's good. Why would I complain? Why would I change things? But I believe what will happen is new competitors will come along and displace some of the most valuable services. We're already seeing some of this commoditization occur in the U.S. market. You may be spotting it in the U.K. market as well. But things that were high value, uh, for example, like client accounting services are now being delivered at commodity prices. And we've seen uh, Intuit, as an example, deliver their Tax Live and QuickBooks Live services at commodity pricing. And of course, the positioning is oh, that's a commodity. You don't really want to do that in your firm. But for many firms, that's part of their core business. So what's going to happen is certain types of services are going to erode. Competitors are going to continue to go up market and take more of your valuable services. And so if you've got business returns, for example, that you consider very valuable or client accounting that you're doing that's very valuable, a competitor can come in and snatch that away. And even though historically... The accounting profession has enjoyed a relationship, a relation, if you will, with the client. What's happening is there, unfortunately, is more movement towards transactional relationships. And as accounting professionals, we don't do real well with transactional relationships with a client. We actually expect a true relationship. So if you think relational, Versus transactional, the commodity guys are coming in at the transactional level, and when the client doesn't understand the value, they're going to go for the lower cost and easier use and better experience and so forth, and that could be the disruptor. Now, a lot of the firms will um, not make it to the final outcome here, uh, but many firms, the value of the firm in a sellout is so low that it's almost like a turn off the light scenario, Rob. Uh, You know, in fact, I actually talked to a firm yesterday that, uh, you know, was netting about a million dollars a year and they tried to sell the firm and it was they got an offer of a little less than a million dollars. And they said, well, I might as well just work one more year and I'll have the same money. And that's that's been going on for a while. But one other very important maneuver that's happening is private equity venture capital are moving in and purchasing firms and becoming the owners. And so that is so attractive because exit plans, succession plans haven't been set up properly that a lot of the firms are taking that as an alternative. And that actually will, over time, I think, eliminate many of the firms. Randy,
0: what's coming up for vendors in 2023, particularly in getting the attention of busy accountants, driving change, putting through their innovations? It's crazy out there.
1: It is crazy out there. And one of the concerns I hear from vendors is that their sales teams missed their numbers during the pandemic period, particularly in 20 and 21. And they expected to make the numbers up in 2022. And they got a bit of surprise because they didn't. Now, my theory, as we talked earlier in our conversation, Rob, is that the accountants were so busy they were not innovative. So they didn't get their technology debt paid.
0: Well, they were head down, keeping the lights on and not taking the calls from vendors to say,
1: hey. (laughs) Exactly right. They had all they could say grace over. I completely get that. So what's happening now is the vendors are getting pressure, either from the board of directors, if it's publicly held or from private equity to now hit numbers. So there's going to be more aggressive sales i think in 2023 um the innovation budgets have been cut so because we missed numbers now for 3 years running instead of having a developmental budget that allows us to expand our product products are going to actually go a little stale in my mind in 2023 so now we're, we've got this perfect storm developing and the third part is because we missed hitting our sales numbers we're going to cut our tech support more <laughs> All right. So now if you think about that, I'm i an accountant sitting in my office and I'm getting aggressive sales calls and the product is not particularly innovative or may not have as many new features coming forward. And I'm going to get poorer tech support. That sounds like a perfect solution to buy, doesn't it? And uh, so the vendors are going to have a, a devil of a time managing that. Now, what I think is going to happen, Rob, is they're going to keep that as quiet as they can, as long as they can? In other words, you know, do you want to tell people that you know I, I'm kind of rudderless down here, or I've one of my uh, uh, blades has fallen off of my propeller? No, probably not. Uh, you know, so kind of like a duck swimming, you keep acting like everything's normal on the surface. But I'm going to warn your listeners, and uh, I have been with my clients that some of the promises are actually going to be a little empty here, and so. Uh, expect things that are in roadmaps to be delivered, not being delivered and expect promises made in the sales cycles, not necessarily to be kept. So that's, that's a kind of a negative sounding thing. But you know, when you ask what's, what vendors are doing, they're going to have to really work hard to get the attention of accountants though. And they will come in with a far more polished message this year. So I'm also going to caution that If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is.
0: Randy, this is terrific. It's wonderful to get your thoughts on what's coming up, and you're usually bang on the money. On the whole, as we reflect on last year and look ahead, is it a good time to be in accounting and fintech?
1: Man, is it ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you always have so much passion and enthusiasm. You've been an advocate for this game for many, many years, so you keep finding reasons to enjoy what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I do. But I got to tell you, the way you asked that question, I do get to see the numbers in the fintech side. I do get to see the numbers in the accounting side. I know what uh, accounting professionals are doing for their clients. I know what the fintech companies are able to produce. Um, And so when you're around the best of the best, it's stunning how great it is. And even around the worst of the worst, it's still pretty good. So. Gosh, how does it get a lot better than that? But I will just suggest that some of the fintech operations uh, exceeded their performance metrics for the past year, and they have even greater forecasts for the one coming ahead. So if we have recessionary trends, I think it'll be short dipped. Uh, In fact, I've been projecting that it'll be April, May, and we'll see if I'm right once we get further into the next year. But the fact of the matter is, this is a confidence level deal. I I don't think the fundamentals are wrong. I think it's people are just not quite sure what's coming. And when that happens, those who move into position early in this coming year will benefit as the year unfolds because they'll be ready to go before others. That's a real message of hope to
0: end on And goodness business community out there need accountants cpas bookkeepers to be right on their game don't they
1: They do and you know this is the time frame right now to kind of be tuning things up because yes it may not look good but you know it's always darkest uh you know before the dawn. and you know i'm looking at this saying hey it d- may not look good but you know the fact of the matter it is good and honestly as you alluded earlier rob if Uh, The Ukraine situation—we get shut down. Uh, Just think how quick things could turn on on those fronts. And uh, you know, the bottom line is, small business owners continue to strive. They they've got you know, as I say, babies to feed, and uh, employees to take care of, and clients to take care of. And a lot of the small business, uh, you know, is on the front line. And so that that doesn't go. Uh, away just because global economies are getting a little unstable.
0: And a final thought for me, you've just put in my head that accountants are not known for pivoting on a dime, but they have showed a a greater degree of agility than we perhaps would have given them credit for. You talked about if the Ukraine war ends, then things can change very, very quickly and accountants will need to adapt quickly.
1: And so will the vendors that serve them. Absolutely. And, you know, let's face it, um, you alluded to it earlier and I didn't comment on it, but I believe you're right. We tend in the accounting profession to lag the market by, it used to be about two years. Now, it seems to me it's about one year. So when the economy's bad, let's just assume economy's bad in 2023, I wouldn't expect things to be bad in the accounting profession until 2024. And in the old times, that would have been 2025. Well, things are moving a little quicker. And frankly, if it's a short dip, it's more of a bump in the road or a a pothole, than it is a uh, roadblock.
0: Well, Randy Johnson, this has been exceptional. Thank you so much, as always, for your passion and your insights in uh, speaking into the accounting and fintech world. It's been great.
1: Appreciate the invitation, and I wish greatest success to everybody who's listening.
0: You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast.
1: Sponsored by Moneypenny find your business's perfect way to say hello.